Edgy T-Saw, Episode 8, Extensive Reading, Part 2. Hey everybody, welcome back. Whoa, blowing it out. Alright, welcome back one more time to Edge T-Cell. Let's not take four takes this time, please. Uh, just to start off the show. It's gonna be one whether we like it or not. And we're not gonna rehash the joke again, are we? Nah, it's not worth it. Alright. So who do we got this week? Who are you? Well, first? who are we is the question. Who am I? I don't oh, know. that's who so existential, man. Why am I? I'm Scott. <laughs> And, and I this am is Scott. Also. Welcome back to Edgy T-Cell. Uh, tonight we are continuing uh, extensive reading, part 2. And we have Professor Paul Goldberg in the house uh, to continue where we left off. Uh, Paul is b doing a full study. Um, he is, well, let's give a little background. Paul, why don't you introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Paul Goldberg. Um, I'm not sure to what degree I need to introduce myself. I teach at Kansai. Uh, give give your teaching a brief teaching history, where you've been, what you've done, uh, school things like that. Okay, I started out as as a person who was interested in traveling and uh, wanted to find okay, a way not to travel. That far back. So oh, <laughs> so I decided to to get into uh, teaching as a way of traveling. And after my first jobs, which were in uh, South America, uh, Venezuela. Uh, Spain and Korea. I decided I really enjoyed teaching English and decided to make a career out of it. Uh, went back to school for a master's. Uh, Where'd you go to school for your master's? Went to, actually I had two masters. The first one was from Dowling College in Long Island and the second one was Long Island University. What, so, so two masters. What, uh, what's your first master's? First master's in education, mm -hmm. um, which actually I thought was a, a far more useful master's. The second one was in ESL. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, and then after I got that I did a, Spent some time working at the National University in South Korea at uh, in Jeju Island, mm -hmm. and now then was back in New York teaching at some universities part time, and now I'm here at Kansai Gaidai. How long? Uh, how long were you in Korea? I was in Korea at the university three years. Three years, nice. Yeah, interesting, interesting experience. Cool. All right, and so to segue into extensive reading, how did you get into extensive reading, and how did you get into the current project? slash study that you're doing right okay. now. Well, interesting, that is a good segue because I was here in, in uh, Kansai Gaidai and I was supposed to be teaching reading and I'd never really taught a reading class before. Wasn't sure what to do and was kind of toying around with some ideas how I could get my students to read and enjoy it. Um, and I said the segue is that I actually went back to Jeju Island for vacation, ran into a guy there who had just started uh, what he didn't call it extensive reading, he just explained what he's doing with the students that they were reading books and talking about them. He called it reading a lot? Um, I don't think he called it anything. He just said they were reading. <laughs> um, but I, I didn't believe it. I really didn't believe it. I mean, he's a guy who I really respected as a teacher. We had worked on other projects together. And he said he had completely changed his whole teaching strategy. Um, he didn't have reading classes. He just had general classes. Um, but he decided to scrap all the lessons that he had worked on in the past, things we'd worked on together. And his students were reading for a good chunk, maybe 20-30 minutes every class, uh, and then discussing their books in small groups. And I just... Were they, were they using the same kind of like readers and stuff? No, then? in fact, he, it... he didn't seem to be familiar. I don't know where he got the idea from. He, 
he didn't use the term extensive reading, which is mm -hmm. kind of curious, mm -hmm. um, and he didn't use graded readers. Hmm. Um, he used um, predominantly children's books. Okay. I, I should say he was teaching at the um, National University of Education, so all of his students were planning to be elementary school teachers. Okay. So I think he was using things like, um, I don't want to say Beverly Cleary, Cleary because that mm -hmm. was probably more difficult right, right, than right. what she than what he was using, but those kind of books, the books for yeah, Americans. Okay. Um, I think for his highest level students, he was using um, like uh, Scruffy. Sweet, Sweet Valley High. Sweet Valley High. <laughs> yeah. oh. Quality well, literature students. right there. Yeah. Poor students. But, but he, he, I'm sorry, go it, on. It, I can see why. I mean, you know, it's a, it's, it's got a broad appeal, whether we would read it or not, but uh, it's got a fairly broad appeal. And uh, I, yeah, I mean, any of those? What's the what's the scary one? Goosebumps. R. 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 Stein, yeah. Goosebumps. Mm, okay. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Um, well, quick question: Did he have a master's? Did he have an a ESL theory background so that he would know the term extensive reading? Or he should. I mean, he has his master's. He was teaching at an education university. Um, how, how long ago did he get his master's? Because I hadn't heard of extensive reading till basically last year. Yeah. yeah, but look at you, dude. Really, come on. I'm wearing a Hawaiian yeah. shirt. What's the problem? <laughs> well, looking back at it, I did my master's, my first master's thesis mm -hmm. in 1990, I think about 1995, mm -hmm. on extensive reading. I didn't know it was even called that. That was my thesis was, was on work Crashen was doing. Oh, but he right, did, he right. didn't use, I don't believe he used the word extensive reading at that time. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, or maybe he did, it just didn't occur to me that was actually the name of... of uh, I don't know what it is, movement an approach, a movement, a, a, a method, a, a technique. A something. Yeah. A teaching something a is teaching the something. technical term for I'm it, pretty sure. I do believe. Yeah, but the whole thing with this guy, and, and I, I actually still need to, to thank him. I haven't emailed him since I saw him that day. Um, but he, the way he, he explained to me, I just did not think it would work. Mm -hmm. Students just reading books because, you know, without any quizzes, without any uh, consequences, and then discussing the books. I just didn't think it would work, but when I came back here, I was kind of desperate for something, decided to, to try it out. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I wouldn't say it worked perfectly, but it, it worked well enough in the beginning that I thought there was some real potential. Do you know that we talked to Tracy a little bit about the assessment aspect of, of ER, but do you know what he was using for assessment or was he? He may not have been. Okay. So not yeah. sure. Okay. Yeah. That's I don't cool. remember. This is two years ago that I spoke with him right. about. Um, so I don't recall that much, that many of the details. Right, I remember right. seeing his library. Right, right. I remember explaining how he, I don't even remember if he used what kind of checkout system he had. But in, in that kind of university, it's a very small university. The teacher knows all the students very well and right, you're not right. gonna have people disappearing or you, know, you don't have transient students like you might have here. Right. Okay, so, so you mentioned you got back here and you started using it and it wasn't necessarily 100% successful, but it worked. So yeah. why don't you tell us uh, how you initially implemented ER in your classroom? Okay, I believe, I imagine I had the books at the time. I think anticipating that I was going to do some kind of reading, I had had my students purchase um, the Oxford Greater Readers with the, with letting them know in advance that they would buy, everybody would buy one and with the idea of then pooling them together, that they wouldn't actually keep that book. 
mm-hmm. they would then share them with each other. Um, so I'm pretty sure I had a, a whole collection of books already, which is, you know, compared to what I have now, it was very limited. Um, okay. But it must have been sufficient. I believe that we, we had books of those, the same Oxford readers. I believe we had a number in the resource room, and I uh, took some of those that apparently were not being used um, and supplemented the, the collection I already had. Uh, so students would have a, a bigger number of choices. Right. Um, and then present, I think I just gave them, it was, you know, quite a while ago, but I'm pretty sure I just gave them the books and, uh, you know, said you have a, they probably gave them two weeks at the time to read the books, which is now looking back is far too much time. Mm-hmm. Um, and had them speak about the books and they, they went with it. You know, it wasn't great. Some students, you know, said it spoke for maybe 30 seconds. A few students spoke for a couple of minutes, um, but it was enough. I was surprised that students would speak at all. I, I thought they would just kind of sit there and not really say anything. Did you have it as group work, or were they up in front of the class, or what? Small groups. Small groups. Yeah, I'd okay. say, yeah I, I put them in groups of four or five mm-hmm. and told mm-hmm. them, basically, it's like story time. Okay. You know, I said, I, I said them, you know, because students... Were they wearing pajamas? <laughs> no, not bedtime story. Oh. Um, but I had told them... To think of it like a movie, I say it's not very often you sit down with a bunch of friends and talk about books you've read, you know, especially, you know, these days. But Unless you're I, Oprah. Yes, that's true. And yeah, see what trouble she's gotten in with that. Um, yeah, all kinds of million dollar trouble. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I just told them, you know. So Oprah doesn't <laughs> sue us, so. <laughs> hey, if she's paying attention, that's fine. <laughs> Put us on your book club, please. Yeah, that'd be great. Anyway. So she, um, oh, so I had the, well, I forgot where I was. Oh, man. I hate it when this happens. I don't think about so you were continuing on, the students tell, uh, were telling story stories time. to each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I said, oh, so I said, imagine you've all seen a different movie. I said, you know, when you've seen a different movie, aren't you, you know, you very often will tell your friends about it. So I said, mm-hmm. go with that approach, that you're talking about it uh, as though it's your, your movie, a movie you've seen. And, uh. It seemed to work, you know, that gave them an idea what they should talk about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. So how has your approach evolved and why? Mm. Okay, it's certainly evolved a lot. Uh, in some, it's just been a, a learning experience. Um, lots of little things go wrong. Uh, I mean, just as a, a small note, keeping track of the books. At first, it was just kind of an honor system. And I, I think most students here... Oh, wait, wait. Let, let me interrupt. I'm sorry. Let's let's go back one second because you asked, uh, Scott asked about how your, the, the, the guy oh, in uh, hmm. Jeju assessed. How did you assess in the early stages here? I don't believe I assessed in any way. Didn't you have the forms that they filled out? Was that at the early stages or oh, that was had, later? Yeah, no, that came later. That came a little bit later. His whole thing was there was no assessment. That's right. I remember him telling me there's no assessment. I couldn't believe it. I said, there's no way students are going to read if all they have to do is talk about the book, which they could just make it up. I said that that because I'm sure he told me that. That was why I left saying this won't work. He's, he's you know, as much as I respect him. He's lost uh, his mind. Yeah. So, you, so you followed him and had no assessment at the early stages. Yeah, I had no, no assessment, but I decided pretty early on that if nothing else, I want to know which books the students were enjoying. Because I figured next year I'm going to buy a lot more books. Which one should I buy? So I decided I was going to give a, a kind of a, a small summary, <clears throat> uh, a, a summary sheet for the students, uh, basically asking them what 
um, what they thought about the books, uh, whether they liked it, whether they'd recommend it to a friend. Mm -hmm. So that was, um, I think, how I started making the, the initial evaluation sheet I had. I also, Klanos is going to we'll talk about this more later, I had a pretty good idea that I wanted some way of evaluating, but how could I evaluate if students have read these books if I haven't read them all? And even if I have read them all, how could I even possibly, you know, if students are all reading different books, mm -hmm. how can they all be evaluated? Right, right. Um, so I thought at that time, I'm going to start gathering questions. Right, right. So one of the questions on the evaluation I gave students was to create what I later called a prove it question. A question that you could prove you read the book by oh, being right. able to answer it. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, it had to be something... Something fairly superficial, yeah. but you, if you didn't read the book, you might guess wrong. Yes, what I, what I like to call a, a major detail, although it does sound like an oxymoron. Um, but I'm was... an oxymoron. Hey. <laughs> I'm a maxi-moron. That's another story, so yeah. hey. So it was, uh, yeah, so I thought of those questions. Um, mm -hmm. and, Keep talking. Uh, and just to see. And so I had them write questions with the idea that they would be um, at some time necessary if I wanted to actually test students to see if they had read the books. Right, right. Uh, you know, the kind of, and even at that point, I knew it had to be a question um, that you would know only if you'd read the book. You wouldn't know from having looked at the pictures. You wouldn't know from um, looking at the front cover or back cover. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it had to be something you would had to read the book. Mm -hmm. um, okay, I wasn't paying attention for that last five minutes, yeah, so right. I can't ask you a question. No, that's what cool. You just said. No, yeah. that's well, cool. I was only answering your question. So, <laughs> so, um, so let's uh, let's push up to uh, present day. How it was so. Well, nothing's evolved. Right. Yeah. Nothing's Yeah. Which is translated. Yeah. So, how has this evolved? <laughs> okay. Well, it's a lot of little things, which is why I feel like I'm kind of an authority to some degree on it because I've just experienced so many small problems. Mm -hmm. uh, one would be keeping track of books. I think, you know, Japanese students are very, very honest and not going to steal books, but they get misplaced and they get lost. And a student gets loses a book, they're a little embarrassed. Sure. They may not want to admit it. Um, they may, you know, they wouldn't do it on purpose, but what happens. So one of the things I came up with pretty early on uh, was getting pockets from li like kind of like in the old library books. Yeah, yeah. Um, and getting pockets and taping or gluing them into the back of the books, mm -hmm. uh, just for a matter of keeping track of those books. Now That's these cool. pockets can be purchased at well in the states it's easy because you can go to any teacher supply store, and most major cities have two or three of them. And you can buy them individually or by the packet. Um, overseas, it's a little more difficult, but most office supply ma uh, yeah. places have them. Well, in Japan, Marozen certainly has them and has them in their catalog. It's one of those things, I mean, for me, because I don't speak Japanese, it, it was the problem with ordering it was language. Once I actually thought, hey, let me just bring one in and show it to them, oh, they knew exactly what I wanted. Um, and but before that, it was a little, a little troublesome mm -hmm. to get it. But you know, another thing, your point, like in America, I think you have a choice of ten different kinds. You can get all you know different strengths, clear ones, colors, uh, yeah, different colors. In Japan, they had one kind, and that was it. At least Marosen carried only one. But if you can't buy the pockets, all you have to do is, um, well, overseas anyway. In Japan and Korea, they have the top-down envelopes. 
the, the, the top loaded ones. Not oh, yeah, yeah. like in the, the US, they're horizontal. Most envelopes are horizontally loaded. But in um, Japan and Korea, they're vertically loaded. And so you just cut them in half, tape up one side of it, or, I mean, the bottom is already folded and, and glued shut. So you just glue that in. And so it's a cheap and easy way to do it if you cannot get the uh, real pockets that yeah. libraries use. Yeah, and for that matter, you can uh, just use a regular envelope right. and have it, you know, seal it and then cut it in half and, and it can work as well. Maybe reinforce it with some tape. Wait, that's what I just said. No, it's not. He, uh, real, by real envelope, he means a U.S. envelope. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's but really... usually, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you can. Basically, you just need two pockets that you can make. Hot pockets. Ooh, yeah. Those anyway. are so good. We man. miss hot pockets. Yeah, but I wouldn't suggest putting those in graded readers. <sighs> um, yeah, a little messy. Yeah. Something else I came up with, um, I want students, and this goes back to my experience even before, I, um, whether I want students to collect vocabulary from these books. You know, in, in theory, the, the book should be easy enough for them that they don't need um, a dictionary, that they can read it easily, but they still should be finding some vocabulary, hopefully between five and ten words per book. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I thought, well, they have that pocket in the back. Why? So they should write down the words. But I realized you know, the students said, oh, I, you know, I read the book um, on the train, on the bus, and probably in the bathroom. Uh, someplace they don't have a notebook with them. So, I always have a notebook in the bathroom with me. Now. <laughs> Beat me to it, man. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I've seen all the books you keep in the bathroom. Anyway. Going on. Family show. Let's go. <laughs> vocabulary on the train. On the train. Vocabulary books, exactly. Anyway, um, the. So I thought, well, they have. They can, I don't want them writing in the books because some of them start to underline words in the book. I said, well, they have that pocket in the book. Why not give them a little piece of paper that they put in that pocket while they have the book. I have the, the library card. That pocket is empty. Keep a piece of paper there um, and write down their words on that paper. Mm. Um, so that's, I did that and then it suddenly occurred to me, wait a minute, better than that, because they were taking those, actually they taught me this, they were taking those small pieces of paper and using them as bookmarks. Mm -hmm. I said, oh wait a minute, why don't I just give them a bookmark with lines on it for them to write down their new words. Mm -hmm. uh, so that kind of evolved from a little slip of paper to actually getting heavy bond paper and making a, a, a kind of a full length bookmark that usually, you know, if they, they write 10 words per book, it will last them five or six books on the, using the front and back of it. So that's another thing that's developed as I've been doing well, extensive reading. Yeah, let me go into that a little more because you kind of, I think, touched lightly on it. The whole notebook, not having a notebook. While also uh, students found it burdensome to switch to their vocabulary notebook to uh, do all the words and the definitions while they were reading. So this was also an answer to that. They can write down the words, and then when they finished reading, then go to their vocabulary notebook and enter yeah. the yeah, words the, in. The words get transferred from the, the um, bookmark. bookmark into their vocabulary notebook is the purpose. Yeah, so that's another, you know, another kind of development that's gone on, uh, practical development. Mm -hmm. And there's been some educational developments as well. Um, like what? Forza. Well, yeah, let, let's go into what you're doing now and okay. why you're doing it. Well, in, just in, in terms of educational developments, in, originally it was just... Education. Educational Ooh, development. Okay. Sorry. The, um, I, Trademark. I don't know if I can say that without a... 
without paying me. Yes. Go. Us. Um, Us, dude. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'll give you a cut. <laughs> Anyhow. The, so originally, just talk about your books, and then I started just, just to liven things up a little bit. Um, I had them, I had them uh, do things like, um, oh, I can't say that family show. Okay, never mind. Um, I'm trying. Oh, I would help them originally just talk about the book. Um, some classes were having difficulty. I realized I need to give them some structure. Show them how to discuss a book. Mm. You know, show you know, and and we did this interactively. You have you have to say the name of the book, and how you have to then you know what kind of book, the main characters, uh, the setting of the book, and tell the story, and you know how you can look at the, what the conflicts are going on, or you can just narrate the whole story mm -hmm. in in a summary form, mm -hmm. and things like that. Which initially I didn't give any of that. Later on, then I started doing things like um, they would have to ask questions during while students were talking about their book you know they had to every student had to ask at least one question about the story not not just was it a good story or did you like it but something related to the content of the story which would keep the students who were listening better mm -hmm. and then I um, another idea I had later on was that they should clap when a speaker was finished talking about the book well done um, but it wasn't quite stereo so almost yeah. maybe next time we'll recut that and the um yeah they just seem and they, and they really enjoy doing that you know it's, it's a small token but it's like saying hey you've done a good job mm -hmm. um and so little things like that i've done you know as which i didn't do initially mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um yeah i said partially just to keep the students interested in it so uh, um has the uh has the assessment assessment changed a lot oh well that's that's what my whole project is now project what project and what are why are you to? doing that project Okay, well, I'm <laughs> softball. <laughs> Here's the lob, and he swings. Doesn't miss. Yeah. The, um... So, well, I'm still not convinced that he just won't go into the damn thing. <laughs> still not convinced about. I'm what? still not convinced that that students are reading as much as they would if there were some kind of assessment or consequences. Mm -hmm. Actually, what, what it came, came out of was the, the whole idea of this assessment came out of a survey I gave students uh, after the first semester of doing extensive reading. The comment I got, it wasn't said this way, but what I concluded from it was students were saying, hey, I like extensive reading. It's fun. It's easy. It's enjoyable. I think it's helping me to some degree. But I have, I have a busy life. I have all my other classes. I have lots of homework. I have a part-time job, or maybe I'm job hunting. Mm -hmm. um, I have a social life. I have clubs I'm in. Wait, this is you or the students? <laughs> students are saying this to oh, me. Oh, okay, okay, my um, mistake. And they are, they're saying this, and um, the point being that, hey, I like the idea of doing reading, but it's gonna go to the bottom of my priority list. You know, because, hey, do I do the homework for the teacher who's going to collect it or, you know, or right. reading and there's no real consequence if I don't do the reading? Well, yeah, I like reading more. I think it might even think it might be more benef beneficial for me, but I'm not going to do it because I know, you know, I, can't, I don't have enough time to do everything. That's going to be the thing I don't do. Mm -hmm. That was one um, feeling I was getting from the survey. The other, which is related to it, was some students were like, 
you know, I did the reading, which some of my classmates didn't do, but I got no reward for it. Not that I, you know, need to have a, you know, a big reward, but there's no even acknowledgement of the fact. And I, I thought of that in terms of like when children go to a book, uh, like a reading club when they're, when they're young, uh, they go to the librarian and, you know, the librarian, I guess maybe it's a summer reading program. Right. When they, you know, they, they tell the librarian, okay, I'm going to read 20 books this summer. And each time they finish a book, they summarize it to the librarian. And, you know, what's their reward? Probably a gold star. Um, which is, you know, just an acknowledgement that they've read the book. And I think that's what my students were looking for, was some kind of acknowledgement that they'd read the book. Uh, so between students saying they wanted some more motivation, uh, not necessarily to be tested or quizzed, um, or to have to write summaries, but they wanted some way of showing that they had read the book. Um, and others wanted just, you know, some acknowledgement that, that they had done the work. So taking those two and the idea that had these prove it questions, I thought, well, I wonder if I was to, you know, if I could create a quiz for every book, or it would be good if there was a quiz for every book. Um, I thought, and people suggested that they said, oh, just look at the back of the book or go to the publishers. They, they, they produce um, teacher um, resource books, right? Uh, which they certainly do, and I looked at all of them. But the ones I found, especially by Oxford and, and I believe Penguin, um, their post-reading quizzes would almost always require you to look back into the book oh. to find the answer. It was what I would call those, not necessarily those. minor details, but they were they were details that you wouldn't necessarily remember after reading the book. You know, how many buttons were on Mr. Finn's jacket? Yeah, something like that. Um, so I thought that yeah, it was great that they have the questions, but these questions were not good enough for me for the purpose I had. I did not want students looking back at the book because I wouldn't really know if they had read it or not. Mm -hmm. um, so I started writing my own questions, um, the idea being five questions per book, uh, each question being pulled from a different section of the book. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they wouldn't all come from the front or the back. Right, right. Um, and yeah, so my, my project last summer was to write a quiz for every uh, Oxford and Cambridge at the lower levels, level right. one, one, two, and three for Oxford and one and two for Cambridge. Uh, and I had certain criteria for these questions. Like mm -hmm. I said, they had to come from different parts of the book. They had to be um, details that someone would remember after reading the book. Not necessarily remember 10 years later, but right. remember approximately a week later. Um, and the other thing, oh, they, they couldn't be come from pictures in the book. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so you didn't want, you know, I didn't want right. someone just skimming through looking at the pictures or could, couldn't come from the titles of different chapters. Right, so right. Basically, you had to, yeah, that was my criteria as I wrote. and I, and. Some of the books were very difficult. Some mm -hmm. of the books that had a lot of, um, the, the stories were more complex. It was hard to find big details that they'd remember, um, especially kind of books that had a lot of characters. It'd be mm -hmm. kind of difficult. Right, right. So I, I didn't, I'd say 95% of the questions I asked fit my own criteria, but not, not certainly not 100%. Right, right. That's cool. Yeah. So uh, why? Why all this? Why, why the extra assessment? Why take all the time and trouble to go through and uh, write a question for each of these books. And if you don't answer this, I will answer it for you. Well, I'll take a free pass. There you go. <laughs> Paul, at the present time, is pursuing his PhD at Temple University in Osaka. Uh, they should pay us for that plug also. You should give us free degrees, honoraries. And so for, is it for your assessment class or what is what class is it for? Um, 
Actually, no, this is something I was working on before. Okay, but a potential dissertation, yeah. um, possibly, okay. and something to publish, he commenced this large study, but I thought it was for a class. You had to do a, a large research well, project. Well, the, the project came first, and then mm -hmm. we were told, again, the idea came from, I want, a, I want students, it, it came from the students wanting it, I think. The students who said, I want to be acknowledged, the students who said, I want to okay. I have some more reason for doing the reading. That, right, that's right. where it came from. Um, while I was doing my, my, starting my doctorate work, in our courses, most of our courses, there's a part of it's, you know, part of the, uh, the course requirements is doing a research project. Mm -hmm. So I took this idea, which I was already working on, which was writing all these questions and, and making all these quizzes, and decided that's what I was going to make into my, my class project. So actually the, the, the quizzes came first, and I applied them to there. Did mm. they really? I guess so. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, That's cool. So, yeah. um, well, I, can do, I don't know if you want to hear, but I, how now the research project is basically, do you want me to get into that at this yeah, point? Yeah, sure. Okay. The research project is basically, so I had, you know, my idea was just to make all these quizzes and to use them. And then when I was given this, you know, we were told we had to do an experimental project, I figured, okay, well, here I go. It'd be a great chance to see it, do these quizzes actually work? Um, to have a, an experimental group taking the quizzes and a control group not taking the quizzes. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, experiment is measuring how much reading they're actually doing mm -hmm. and does do the quizzes have a negative, negative effect on their attitudes towards reading? Mm -hmm. Because I think most anybody would say, yeah, of course, if you quiz them, they're going to read a lot more. That's mm -hmm. not that's not much. But they won't enjoy it as much. Yeah, that's not much of a, that's my first hypothesis, but it's not a very big hypothesis because I think it would be, you know, people would say, well, of course, they're going to read more. The bigger one is, will this go against what the ER purists say? Um, ER purists. Yes, ER purists, extensive reading purists, who say, no, 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 you can't quiz students because that will, you know, give them an, a negative feeling towards reading. My idea, coming from what the, the comments my students made, no, this will actually, you know, have a more positive Feel. You know, is it extrinsic motivation, intrinsic motivation? I don't know. I, I don't Stick have motivation. That's what I like yeah. to call it. <laughs> I don't have much, uh, much background in, in, in motivation. Mm. Um, but I think, regardless, it, it will it will not make them you know become hateful of reading. Mm -hmm. Are you willing to put a bet down on that? I am calling you out on the air right now. I got a few yen in my pocket. I guess I'd put that on it. Oh, that's too rich for my blood. <laughs> <laughs> when he said a few, he meant like eight. Okay. <laughs> I'll yeah. go to two. That's it. That's my final top, top offer. All right. You heard it here, folks. They're betting. <laughs> so come and arrest them. All right. Uh, which brings us to uh, email Whoa. addresses. My name is Scott at, my email is Scott at E-D-G-Y-C-A-T-I-O-N. Well, I can spell that. Um, dot, dot org. org. And mine is Scott Duarte, uh, S-C-O-T-T-D-U-A-R-T-E, at education.org. You can get in touch with us. And uh, if you are interested in what uh, Professor Paul Goldberg has been spouting off about today, uh, you can reach him at Paul Goldberg at hotmail.com. P A U L G O L D B E R G at hotmail. 
com. All right. Cool, cool. So uh, please send us in uh, questions, comments, jokes, whatever. Well, let's um, go on a little more into the research project. And so talk about how you're implementing your... Okay. It's a pretty straightforward um, experiment where I have one class, um, or it could be experimental classes as several classes, um, being given a book a week to read, and they are quizzed, given a quiz every week to see if they've read that book. Everyone in the class? Yes. yes okay. Everyone's given a quiz. And then there's the, the control class where they're just given books and not given quizzes. Both classes then are given uh, anonymous surveys asking how much they like the book, how difficult the book was, and how much, most importantly, how much of the book they actually read. And like I said, it's anonymous, so I'm hoping that they're giving uh, honest answers. And so you're only doing this with two classes? Actually, no, there's, I'm doing it with four classes, uh, and then there's two other professors at, at Kansai Gaidai who are th so using three classes each. So it's total. a total of ten classes. And five are experimental, five are control? Yes. Okay. And what's the range of uh, language learner ability in those ten classes? I'd say intermediate level. I think I'm not sure even what our TOEFL levels here are. If that's what you're asking, I guess. Are they all intermediate? Are are yeah, they? they're probably generally the same levels, or yeah. Well, myself and another professor, our our class numbers are um, in sequence, so his are, are virtually the same as mine. And okay. one other professor, his students are. Um, a little bit higher level than our students. Not not significantly higher, but certainly a little bit better. And these levels are measured by their TOEFL scores? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, first year or second year? All first third, year. All first year yeah, students. Yeah, all first year students. So fresh out of high school when you got them. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you can easily bend them to your will and things to that extent. Yeah. All right. So um, early findings have been showing you what? Um, initially, there wasn't much big difference between them, from what I could tell. I'm not, I'm, I know, I, I could look at the data, I know the numbers, mm -hmm. uh, but I actually haven't looked at it to, 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 to get any tallies. Uh, but for example, today in my class, uh, one of my better classes, but the class without the quizzes, out of 21 students, seven students admitted to me, because we were doing a project that they had to talk about their book, seven students admitted they had not read the book. Uh, which is a third of the students. So wait, this is the, the quiz group? The control group. The, no, contr the control group. The non-quiz group. Yes. Okay. A third of them had admitted that they had not, which is I think the most I've ever had. Usually it's three or four students say they haven't read the book. Uh, this time, uh, like I said, seven or a third of the students had not read the book. Um, in the quiz class, I've never had more than probably one or two students out of 22 or 23 say they did not read the book. Hmm. Okay, now, now these quizzes giving, because each student has a different book, basically. Yeah. And so, how are you? That that takes a lot of time to grade each quiz differently. How mm. how do you get around that? Or I mean, okay. One of the shortcuts I built into it, knowing that this is going to take a lot of time, the whole project, is there's only six different. There's there's maybe eighty different quizzes I have but there's only seven different combinations of answers. The answers are all multiple choice. Seven different keys. Yes, the seven different keys. Uh, and the key is kind of secretly embedded into the quiz, so I know which key it is. Students would never, I'm certain, would never guess. Um, so when I'm grading them, I just line up the quiz to the correct key 
and can grade it. I can grade an entire class uh, set of quizzes in, in less than five minutes. It goes very, very fast. That's and it, cool. Yeah, I should say that, you know, people who have looked at the quizzes say, you know, these quizzes are, are nice, but they're only knowledge in, in terms of, of a Bloom's taxonomy. There's no comprehension, uh, you know, which is the, the second lowest level or, or analysis or or synthesis, nothing, you know, no, no higher thinking, but that's not the purpose of these quizzes. These quizzes right, right. are simply to see, you know, to show that you've read the book. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. so, so therefore having, you know, straightforward multiple choice questions I don't feel is, is a disservice to the students. Do you think the ER purists would be happier with that type of quiz? Or, or would they, I mean... I mean, would they, okay, no, would they settle for that kind of quiz? Yes, okay, yes. You know, I don't, I'm not sure. I'll, I'll see how the results go. But I think if it's, because what I've noticed, it's not um, creating a lot of stress for students. It's not, it's not giving them, oh, I have to write, you know, like, I know teachers who have them write summaries. And right, says, right. oh, I hate writing summaries. It's such a drag. The students have, they really are looking at it from the best I can tell. They really are looking at it like the star in, in the book for, you know, for reading a book getting a star in, in uh, oh all right yeah like getting <laughs> like a star, star. In, in when you're a, a child right, and right. you go to you know talk to the librarian right, I, think, right. I think they're viewing it that way mm -hmm. um, they know it's a part of their grade it's not a very big part it's uh, about 10 percent in all all the classes mm -hmm. uh, that have the quizzes um, so it's not an enormous part all right uh, anything any last comments about the the research project or anything else? No, I, I, it'll be interesting if I can report back to you guys at some time in the future to see how it goes. Yeah, we'd like to hear. I, what, I don't uh, want him back, dude. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm debating right now. My current debate in my own head right now is this has gone on for a semester. Mm -hmm. Now, second semester, and, and, and people argue, well, a semester is really not enough to, to have an impact. Especially because I, I should have mentioned this earlier. The all the students across the board took a, a reading, a, a reading a extensive reading test the e by, put out by EPER, the Edinburgh Project of Extensive Reading. Uh, and part of it is to see, do the students who read more get better scores than you know, the pre- and post-test? Okay, so there's a, there's a post-test that they'll take. Yeah, there, there was a pre-test, and it's actually the same test that will be given. End of the year or end of the semester? Well, that's the question I'm, I have in my own mind right now. You know, some people say, yes, you know, three and a half months is not really enough time to make a big difference that you need to do it for the full year. Uh -huh. um, twice as long, you'll have much greater effect. You know, if, if your treatment, if the treatment I'm using is going to have an effect, the more time you give it, right, right. the greater it will be. But the, the other way of looking at it is, do I want to counterbalance? Meaning, do I want to switch the groups so I can get a, a more honest comparison between them? In other words, the, the, the students who have the quizzes next semester get no quizzes. Right. The students who are the control will get the quizzes. Um, that way, if one group, would, you know, that 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 um, controls for any differences between the two groups. Right. Uh, the problem, though, with it is, like I said, then I don't know. And oh, the other benefit is then they both students sets of students can tell me which they like better. Did they right. like having quizzes or not? Right, right. But right. the drawback is then I don't get a full year um, of of, data. of the treatment. You well, could run. You could run. Just take two clip, two, two, one pair, and you have two that classes. Pair just yeah. yeah, that's what know. I'm thinking. The, the problem is, I am working with with other professors, and I have to, you know, they have their agendas, what they want. You Do know. it with yours, and your, your, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, I see what you mean. Never mind. 
Yeah, no, but you're right. That that's what I am thinking of doing. It, you know, but I know, for example, I know one professor. He loves the quizzes. He can't wait to start giving quizzes to all of his classes next semester <laughs> uh, because he thinks it's one. It provides a very easy assessment. You yeah. know, at the end of yeah. the semester, when you know some teachers say, "Hey, you know, the semester ends." I got three grades to, to grade my students on. That's all I have, you know, of concrete. Right. You know, Solid uh, stuff rather than. Yeah. yeah. Assessment where here I have a, a quiz a week, you know, that I have 10 different, you know, bits of evaluation that I, that I can, you know, give them a final grade on. Right, right. Yeah. And, um, well, I was going to say, uh, I don't know what I was going to say. Well, why not going back to the test, the Edinburgh test? Why not give it to them at the end of the semester and then at the end, however you do the project, give it to them again at the end of the year? That's what I probably will do. The problem is it's the same test. And I know from past experience that when you give them it at the beginning of the year and you give it to them a year later, they do not remember any of it. They don't remember taking it. I'm just worried. Are they supposed to remember? No. No. Well, then, perfect. No, but the problem is I'm, if, I'm, if I give it to them midway through the year and again at the end of the year oh that's not enough time that's to not enough time to have forgotten everything it's yeah especially when you add in the vacation i don't remember I, I don't what know. i I'm, ate I, yesterday I, for dinner dude yeah but I, I think, i've taught a couple of these students i think three weeks probably be enough <laughs> yeah you know, it's not i'm not so concerned the second time i give it to them but i'm concerned more the third time right right that they've seen it a second time and now it's hmm right 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 oh i remember this well let's yeah. go quickly back a year because you've given them this test before to, not to your control groups but just to your regular classes yeah and what did you find and what did the students find that you gave them like let's say last year before you were even doing the study you were just doing regular ex okay. er in the classroom that was interesting because students a lot of students felt at that the students I had last year didn't feel that that they're that they had improved that much. And I think that's common for students all the time. I've, I've been starting to use the analogy, it's like a, a child growing. I said, you know, when, when you were a child, did you grow? And, you know, of course, they said, yes, I did. I said, well, did you actually feel yourself grow? Did you, you know, did you go to bed at night and say, wow, I'm taller than I was this morning? Of course not. It's the same thing with learning English. Um, that's a good analogy. I'm going to steal yeah, that. Yeah, no problem. I, they love it because they, yeah. they really think about it. I actually gave it to Paul five years ago and uh, copyrighted it. In when, it. He was, when he was shorter? He, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, that's where I got all my great ideas from with Scott. You know, thank God. <laughs> if, you know, if I hadn't met him for years back in, in Korea, you know, I'd, I'd still be... I'd well, let's quickly go on to, yeah, to yeah. the finals. We're, we're getting towards the wrap-up time. Yeah. So. so the students said they had felt they had improved. So I was like, great. I gave them this reading test at the beginning of the year. I'll give it to them at the end. No praying to God, please, I hope they do better, I hope they do better. Um, and sure enough, they did significantly better, but not, not, I did not, you know, as I'm taking courses now, I know there are, are ways of statistically showing that they've made great improvement, and I did not apply any, any stringent statistical um, procedures to it. I just said, hey, this is your score the first time, this is your score the second time, look how much higher it is. Was it, <laughs> was it impressively higher? I don't know, but it looked to them high enough and, and they mm. were happy. It showed some progress. Yeah, it certainly showed some progress. And especially some of them like, you know, I don't think I've improved at all. I think my ability is exactly the same. So I could say, hey, look, you just, you know, you went up, you know, uh, 10 points Half on a, a point. 30 point quiz. Uh, and that was, that seemed to be enough to, uh, to show them that they had done well, which is another reason I don't know if I'd want to give them that mid, the same quiz in the middle, because it, it kind of, I don't know if I'm gonna see that kind of progress. Right. Uh, although, like you said, if I give it to them at the end of the year, hopefully, it will. Well, I mean, then again, you don't have to show them the grade. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I wasn't going to last year if they didn't make big improvements. <laughs> yeah.
Another trick Scott showed me. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, well, that, I'm that's afraid. That's about it for this week. Yeah, that uh, that's time for this time. For the uh, Paul Goldberg hour, we are. <laughs> I, uh, I am Scott. Oh, of course thank you can. Thank you for the opportunity to ah, be part of this. No problem. If, well, definitely, uh, we, we're going to want you to come back because we were going to want you to talk more about what happened. Um, so definitely so later on. Yeah, then then, so we'll, cool. then then we'll have a really cool story about what happened. We'll, we'll sell this on eBay, That's the right. collector's item. That's and right. I just want to thank those of you who emailed me the uh, Viagra uh, sellers and this hot stock <laughs> tips that I've been receiving constantly, the spam mail. Yes. Uh, I, thanks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm sure they're actually listening to. Um, thank you to Mark Blasco at podcastthemes.com for our podcast theme, which is fading out, which is back. Um and uh, thanks to, uh, well, just right at the very end. Oh, right at, thanks again to education.org. And uh, thank you again for Paul to Paul for coming. And thank you to Scott. And thank you to, to Scott, me. Man. And we out of here. Peace. Take care, y'all.